Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the fairy penguin. So the scientific name for the fairy penguin is the Eudiptila minor, which actually means good little diver uh, because they are very good divers and they are little. Um, Some other nicknames for the fairy penguin include the little blue penguin and the blue penguin, which are what it's called in New Zealand, and then also just the little penguin. So the fairy penguin is found in southern Australia and New Zealand, and they like to hang out in the sandy, rocky islands as well as the water. As we mentioned earlier with their swimming, they do spend a fair amount of time in the water as well. So they are found in the temperate waters um, off the shores and also um, in offshore islands, um, and they do inhabit some uh, urbanized areas in mainland sites. And then getting into what they look like, uh, you'll figure out real quick why they're called the fairy penguin and why they're called little blue penguins. Uh, So as for their size, uh, height, they only get up to about 16 inches. Uh, They are tiny. They are actually the smallest of all penguin species in the world. And then weight, they can only get up to about two pounds. Two, uh, then absolute max, you see about three to four pounds is usually as big as they will get weight-wise. And they are heaviest at the start of the breeding season after they've spent several months foraging out, um, getting fish out in the water. Um, and then at the end of the breeding season after the pre-molt foraging. So both males and females will lose weight during the breeding season uh, because they're too busy uh, taking care of the eggs and taking care of their chicks. So as you can guess, they do have a bluish look to them. It's almost like a slate blue, uh, kind of shiny with black feathers and a white chin and chest. They also have a bluish gray eye color. Now the hatchlings, the chicks, are covered in black down. And that is replaced um, within about one to two weeks with a chocolate brown down. And then after uh, about a month, that is when it is replaced with the actual feathers themselves. And this uh, blue color that they have, the blue actually varies based on geographic location of these penguins. So it can be more blue, it can be more indigo, or it can be almost a blackish blue, just depending on where they are found. And then smaller slate gray feathers actually cover their ears, which fade into white underneath their chin and belly, like I mentioned earlier, with their flippers also being blue. And then their feet are pink um, with black soles and webbing, once again, used for the swimming that they do. And then as for what the fairy penguin eats, uh, its diet consists of small fishes. Now, the type of fish that they eat will vary by location. So some places they prefer anchovy and sprat, and others it's sardines, and then even other places it's krill and sometimes squid. So the adult penguins usually forage every day um, about 15 and a half miles from the shore in these shallow waters where all these small fish and even squid are close to the surface. 
During the actual uh, breeding period in the uh, breeding season, foraging can take almost two to three days, um, while during the non-breeding uh, winter season, they may swim further away from the colony in order to find this food. And in these larger penguin colonies, over a span of about an hour, there can be hundreds of penguins that leave from the land uh, to go forage uh, these miles and miles offshore. And then these fish, while they're in the water, um, smaller fish are just swallowed in the water. But fish more than about uh, 1.2 inches long, they have to go and take it and eat it at the surface. And then these fish are actually captured by what's called pursuit diving, uh, which means these penguins dive down no more than about 65 feet um, to capture and eat these fish. And it takes about 20 to 35 seconds in order to do this. And then due to their size and their location, fairy penguins are actually preyed upon by quite a few animals. They rely on burrows and a nocturnal lifestyle to help avoid the predators. And these can include swamp harriers, peregrines, gulls, snakes, rats, and lizards. Moving on to start talking about their courtship, uh, the fairy penguin actually has the most unpredictable breeding calendar of any of the penguins, with their first egg being laid somewhere in some locations between May and August, and in other locations between September and December, or even June and August. And most pairs of fairy penguins are uh, lifelong pairs. So males and females will form lifelong pairs. And when it comes time for breeding season, the male usually arrives at the nesting site first, and he will renovate last year's nest, or he will select a new site uh, for a new nest, and he will dig it using his bill and feet. He will then stand in front of the nest and wait for the female to show up, and so they can begin breeding. The nests can vary by location, with underground burrows under thick grass roots preferred. However, uh, nests can even be in rocky crevices and caves, and they're usually about six, six and a half feet apart, and they're lined with grasses, leaves, or seaweed. And then, as Julia mentioned, they can be found in mainland urbanized areas, and nesting may occur in man-made cavities, under buildings, under stacks of wood, and even they've been found under railroad tracks. Um, in some areas, they also nest in artificial nest boxes, which are supplied by humans. Now, fairy penguins can breed throughout the year. We already mentioned how unpredictable their breeding actually is. But they also have the shortest breeding cycle of all penguin species, which lasts about 50 days, with incubation being about 33 to 37 days. So the female lays a clutch of two eggs um, two to three days apart. Um, and these eggs only weigh about two ounces, so they're not very large at all. And after laying these eggs, uh, the female will actually go and start foraging um, while the male penguin is on incubation duty for the actual egg. And after the female returns from this extensive foraging trip, the male and female will split incubation and also foraging duties equally. Um, the eggs will then hatch in about 35 days. Um, and then one other neat thing about these penguins is that the male and female are both very dedicated parents and pretty much split the work between the baby equally. And fairy penguins are actually able to raise two pairs of chicks. So like Julia said, they lay two eggs during a breeding season. Uh, so fairy penguins can raise two pairs of chicks or a pair of chicks in one breeding season, which a lot of penguins do not do. Most penguin species, it's they lay one egg and they care for one egg at a time. 
And some studies have shown that older adult fairy penguins are more likely to lay two clutches than young adults are. And their eggs and chicks have above average survival rates. So the more uh, experience the penguins get, uh, the better they're able to take care of their eggs and chicks. And as Julia mentioned, the males and females will split the uh, care duty pretty much equally. So they will alternate almost daily in guarding and feeding the chicks for about six weeks. Then the chicks venture from the nest and stand outside outside of the nest waiting for the parents to return with food. So they start getting uh, used to being out, uh, their parents not being there. And at this time, the parents will forage and feed the growing chicks together. So both mom and dad will leave and then come back to the chicks who have started venturing out a little bit and waiting for them. And then at eight weeks, the chicks have become juveniles and are the same size as their parents. So it only takes about eight weeks to get up to that, like I said, about 16 inches tall. And they will have molted all, all their down, replacing it with waterproof feathers, and they will be fully independent. So the fairy penguins reach sexual maturity at about two to three years old. And then their lifespan is anywhere from 15 to 20 years old. And unlike most penguin species, uh, these penguins do not migrate. Um, And it makes sense because they're in a warmer climate of southern Australia, New Zealand. They don't have to migrate when it gets cold because it doesn't really get cold down there. Um, But when they do leave the land to forage, they will do so in flocks at dawn. And then they will spend the day at sea and return at dusk. And this helps them uh, provide protection from predators as well as flocking together. Just once again, protecting themselves from all these dangers. Now, molting for these penguins takes place after the chicks fledge. Um, And once again, it just varies in time depending on when these babies were actually born. So the adults will go to sea for two to three weeks just to build up their body mass to cope with the energy demands of the actual molting process because it does exert a lot of energy for them. And during this time, um, when they actually get back to land, they do not eat. And at the end of the molting period, they will have lost 40 to 50% of their actual body weight. So if they do not uh, eat enough at sea, they may not actually survive the molting process. And as with, I think, a lot of the other penguin species, uh, these fairy penguins are very loud and they communicate a lot. Um, This can be for anything for bonding and courtship. Uh, defensive and aggressive behavior, or just as a way to recognize each other, which is really sweet. And the noises that these penguins actually make are anywhere from grunts and roars to brays. Um, Chicks have a very high-pitched beep. Um, And once again, they just use it in so many ways. And the males will especially do this during the uh, breeding season when they're ready to switch duties with the female. And then as for population size, they're actually not doing too bad. There's almost 500,000 fairy penguins in New Zealand and Australia, and the IUCN actually leased them as least concern right now. So they're doing pretty well right now. Now, that being said, there are some human factors that contribute to their numbers being negatively affected, and these include um, habitat destruction, bycatching, which is where like if, um, if a fishing boat is fishing for a specific fish, and they catch things that they weren't intending to catch, that's bycatching. So these fairy penguins can get caught up in that sometimes, Um, as well as oil pollution, which we have seen many times. Um, Some other things that are kind of indirectly related from humans is the introduction of predators. So when you introduce dogs and cats to the same places these creatures live, because they're so tiny, they're going to get preyed upon by these dogs and cats. 
one thing that is really hopeful about the protection of the fairy penguins and all penguins really is all penguin species are legally protected from hunting and egg collecting. Uh, the Antarctic Treaty of 1959 makes it illegal to harm or in any way interfere with a penguin or its eggs. So every single penguin specimen collected, all of them, have to be done so with a permit that is approved and reported to the Scientific Community for Antarctic Research, or SCAR. And now we have a couple of just fun facts about these fairy penguins. Uh, the first one is that their maximum swimming speed, it's not very fast. It's about 1.6 miles per hour. Um, and it just is because they're so little. Um, but they can dive really well and they can spend up to 18 hours a day in the water. So fairy penguins are actually considered the most primitive of all penguins. Uh, they are believed to have evolved in New Zealand and then spread to South Australia. So what we mean by the most primitive, uh, we mean by uh, their species is one of the oldest ones to kind of like diverge and like differentiate for penguins. And this next fun fact is kind of goes with all penguins, but it's a really interesting fact to know about uh, these uh, flightless birds and uh, how their feathers work. So penguins, at least the fairy penguins, will have about 10,000 feathers, which is three to four times the feather density of birds that can fly. And the feather bases are very downy trapping are very downy and they trap air and provide an effective insulation when the penguin is at sea. So between its skin and then the rest of the feather, there's a nice little air pocket in there that provides good insulation as well as buoyancy. So the feather tips are very stiff, which prevent them from being compressed by water pressure because if they if the feathers were able to be compressed, it would kind of squeeze the air layer out from underneath their feathers. And a really interesting fact I learned about penguins while I was doing this research about them. Um, so you, most penguins, you think of them, you know, they're on their backs and the top of their heads. They are a dark color, but on their chests or uh, um, underneath their face is a very light, uh, almost white color. Uh, and this is called countershadowing. So because when they're swimming, if they're being looked at from above... They are dark, therefore they blend in with the darker water underneath them. Whereas if a predator is looking up and looking at them while they're swimming, they have a very light bottom, so they blend in with the lighter uh, sky above the water. And then also the white flippered penguin, uh, it's a somewhat of a different species, but it's actually classified as a subspecies of fairy penguins. So there's debate about whether it's its own species or not, but as of right now, it is classified as a subspecies of the fairy penguin. And then the last fun fact that we have about them is that we mentioned earlier that uh, dogs pose a threat to these penguins. Uh, well, this is not the case for one instance. Uh, in Stingray Bay, Australia, a couple decades ago, there was a pack of European red foxes that migrated to the island during low tide and they began wiping out um, this entire breeding colony of the fairy penguins. So a local farmer recommended that sheepdogs uh, protect these penguins. So on this island, these sheepdogs are now trained guardians to keep these foxes away from the penguins during breeding season, as well as uh, burrows. And the island actually remains completely closed to the public since 2006. And that pretty much wraps up everything we have on the fairy penguin. We hope you found it interesting. They are a very cute penguin. I highly suggest looking up some pictures and videos of them. They are very fun to watch. Uh, but again, thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be talking about the moose. Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, 
and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learned something new. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.